Finding award seat availability can be really tricky at the moment, especially when you're looking for business or first class seats. So I thought I'd help you out. I've gathered some industry experts from both Point Hacks and Australian Frequent Flyer discussing how they go about finding reward seat availability, the tools they use, the techniques they use, and any tips and advice on what you should be doing moving forward, what currencies you should be collecting, and what approaches you should use when looking for reward seats yourself. Well, I feel like the dumbest person in the room when it comes to frequent flyer points with who I'm sitting with here. This is, <laughs> and I know how to book a flight or two, but we've, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at three very, very, very intelligent people in this space. Um, let me, we've got a bit of a panel discussion today, but let, let me introduce who's on the panel. So first off, we have, um, of Point Hacks, we've got Chris Chamberlain, senior writer. Chris, how are you? Yeah, good, Dave. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. I mean, I heard uh, you scored a flight to the US. You're not that dumb, so we won't start by putting you down. Oh, <laughs> like just a che- just just a cheeky business class return over Christmas time, but uh, we can we can talk about that later. Um, also from Point Hacks, we have Brandon Liu. Brandon, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, great to be back again, Dave. And uh, one very special guest, we have Matt Graham with us from Australian Frequent Flyer. Welcome, Matt. Thanks very much, Dave. Thanks for inviting me on the podcast. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, our, our listeners would have heard from uh, Chris and Brandon before, but they might not know too much about yourself. Do you, do you want to give, give us a bit of an introduction? Who is Matt Graham? Yeah, so I'm the editor of Australian Frequent Fly, which I guess is Australia's largest forum for people that want to talk about travel and aviation and frequent flyer points. And I also manage the award flight assist service at Frequent Flyer Solutions, where uh, we help people to redeem their frequent flyer points. So ho- hopefully I'll have a few things to add um, to this discussion. Oh, definitely. And, and you've got your own podcast as well, don't you? Yeah, I host the AFF On Air podcast. That's a fortnightly podcast over at Australian Frequent Flyer, where we also talk about you know, lots of things to do with travel and frequent flyer points and aviation, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you, you could teach me a thing or two of, uh, about podcasts, <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up after this. But guys, thank you so much for joining. We've, we've got a pretty interesting topic. To, I think a topic that is um, at the heart of or at the forefront of um, most frequent flyers' minds at the moment, which is availability. Um, you know, like obviously we're, it's great. We're getting out of COVID. There's opportunities to travel again. And as we've spoken over the past uh, past few podcasts, there's, there's um, some, some great trips that our team have been able to do. Um, but we know it can be tough sometimes. And we thought it would be a really good idea to, um, to, to get the experts all together on a podcast and, um, and talk, okay, well, what, is, what are the ways that the experts look to find frequent flyer seats? Um, you know, wh- where should you be looking at the moment? And, and how, how should you prepare if you're looking to get frequent flyer seats in the future? So I know I'm probably going to walk away learning something from this, but um, I'm, I'm really excited to get into the meat of it. Um, so how about we just dive in and, and look, maybe, maybe Chris, you can, you, can, um, you can kick us off here. But when you think about your own travel, how do you go about actually like finding award seats? Like what's your approach? Do you start, do you have a location in mind? Are you a, a, a date traveler? What does Chris Chamberlain do? Mm, so for me, I mean, domestic's always easy. That's not the hard part. The hard part's when you go overseas, which usually means it's a longer trip. And so for me, that usually means traveling at peak times. It's just what works better in my household. And so that's often Christmas, New Year, school holidays, 
which makes it tricky to start off with. So I'm fixed to dates that I can travel, which is not the easiest thing when it comes to points, um, especially when you want to go to the other side of the world, somewhere like London or New York, where you need at least two flights each way to line up, not just one ticket yeah, somewhere. You're not, you're and not that making makes it, it easy. You're not making I'm it easy really for not, but I like a challenge. So this it's, it's all right. Um, but, oh my gosh, it takes some time. So I've got a holiday booked for New York and that was a challenge finding seats. And I did all the, the typical things you might do. You put in something like Brisbane, New York, Sydney, New York, even just Brisbane, LA, trying to get me to the, the US and work it out from there. And I couldn't find anything. And so what I had to do is start working backwards. So I looked at New York's biggest airport, JFK. I'm like, okay, which airlines are flying here? Where are they coming in from? And in my head, I'm, look, I'm reading through the list thinking, okay, this one I can spend Qantas points on. This one I can do with Velocity. This one I can do with Chris Flyer and just manually working through each flight, doing a search by search. And after probably four or five hours of sitting there, just in complete boredom, clicking the same things over and over again and just changing one little city, I finally found a pair of business class seats from New York to Abu Dhabi on Etihad. And I'd originally searched for Etihad and it told me there was nothing because there was no connection available to Australia. I wanted to get all the way home. But I was able to nudge the date forward a little bit and find a flight home two days later and have to book two separate award seats. So yes, I have to spend more points. Yes, you've got to pay for hotel for a couple of nights in Abu Dhabi. But in the end, I was able to get business class New York to Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi, Sydney, uh, in right in the middle of a peak time when I couldn't even get an economy seat on a lot of other carriers. So there are tricks, but you really have to be patient at the moment. It is really tricky. Yeah. I mean, Brandon, what, what's your experience? I know you've, you've got a couple of trips coming up. Definitely. And I have to echo Chris's comments about being patient. Um, sorry, about being patient. Uh, patience is a very important virtue to have right now. Um, so luckily for me and my partner, we're a bit more flexible in our travel dates. So our jobs don't entirely you know, um, restrict us to traveling during peak periods. So dates aren't as much of an issue for us, but um, we do like to kind of decide where to go based on availability. And so for example, you may have heard that I am heading to Vienna in a few weeks time. And that trip came about uh, during lockdown. So we, we had, you know, hundreds of thousands of Qantas points from cancelled flights. And we're like, okay, let's go somewhere just in case borders open up. And so Emirates had lots of availability from Perth out to Dubai in first class. And then from Dubai, uh, we pretty much searched for you know, places that we wanted to go that had availability. So, you know, some of the bigger cities had already been snapped up, but Vienna came up as you know, an option with to connecting first class seats and the points cost was a bit cheaper than going to London because Vienna is uh, further south and more to the east. So it's, you know, it's a shorter distance from Dubai. Uh, so really we just let um, the availability dictate and then we're like, all right, we are going to Vienna. We're going to have a lovely holiday and then we'll make our way across Europe um, because with Europe holidays, we do love to explore different cities. So, you know, we start in Vienna, we'll finish somewhere and then we'll find the seats and come back from that. So that's what we did. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you're like you're you're very much an availability first person. Does it does mm. that ring true with you at all, Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, for my personal travels, certainly, you know, the availability drives where you can go. But um, with award flight assist, a lot of clients already have fixed ideas of where they want to travel and when, so that makes it a little bit harder when I'm working for a client. But in terms of my approach, um, a bit like Chris, the first thing I do is just work out what airlines actually fly to the destination where where I want to go. 
And then I'll actually go on usually to the Wikipedia page for that airport and scroll down to airlines and destinations. (laughs) And you get a list of all of the airlines that fly there and where, what, what destinations they serve from that airport. That's a really good idea. Yeah. So if I'm using, if I've got, for example, Qantas points and velocity points, I'll go onto that Wikipedia page and then I'll actually get a pen and paper and write down um, all of the airlines that you can book using Qantas points and using velocity points. Or if I've got another currency, then whatever, you know, whatever, whatever's available to you and and the airports that are served and the next thing uh, if it's an international trip is to work out how you can actually get in and out of Australia because I find that often the hardest part is just getting a, a especially for business class or first class getting a seat in and out of Australia so I'll try and I'll think about you know what airlines are flying to that airport do any of those airlines fly to Australia and then that's the first thing I'm going to look for. And you've almost got to be just so flexible in where you come and go from Australia. So I live in Brisbane. I have no need to fly through Sydney at all, but that was literally the only place for that particular trip you could get a seat. So, I mean, Mm. you may even need to fly in and out of Perth if you're on the East Coast, but once you're within Australia, it it gets a bit easier. But that Australia leg is so tricky, as you say, Matt. Absolutely. And another tool I use sometimes is a website called Flight Connections. I think it's flightconnections.com. You can actually search by airport or by airline and it gives you a map. So if you're more of a visual person, if a Wikipedia list doesn't do it for you, you can also check there to see what airlines are flying where. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Any other tools that you guys use? I have to say that um, I'm quite old school. Uh, I'm a big fan of Expert Flyer, which um, lots of frequent flyers have probably heard of by now. Um, So it's a website um, that lets you search for pretty much anything you need. Um, you search for, you know, seat maps, flight availability, um, award flight availability uh, on particular airlines. Uh, so for me, um, I use it um, a lot for Qantas flights because the availability works, but you have to um, note that not every airline is supported by Expert Flyer, especially for the award seats. So it's not going to be, you know, the holy grail tool for everyone. But for me, one of the biggest perks of using Expert Flyer is you can set alerts um, to email you uh, when the system finds availability. And that was really handy for me for my recent Rome trip because I booked Perth to Rome um, when the points plane came out. So that was guaranteed availability. But coming back, there was nothing for months. So I held off on booking anything on the way back and I set up an alert for Rome to Perth. And a few months later, I got an email in the morning, pinged, it went off and it said that Qantas had started releasing seats. So I was able to secure my seat back um, pretty easily just like that. I'll just add with Expert Flyer, I mean, those alerts are great, but it's also a bit of a chore setting them up because on each flight, you have to set a different alert for each different cabin. So if you're trying to find any seat on an A380 and it's a four-class Qantas flight, for instance, you have to set four different alerts for that one departure on that one date. So it can take about an hour to sit there. If you're happy to travel over a whole week, you're happy for any of those flights to come up with a seat. It does take some programming, but that effort really pays off as, as you just showed, Brandon. Definitely. It's very technical, but if you do learn how to use it, um, it, it takes a bit of time, but you have to learn airport codes and fare codes and things like that. And once you master all that, uh, it's a lot easier to use. But yes, it is a lot of labor to get it set up. Mm. Yeah, frequent yeah. Fly, like finding frequent flyer seats can really be a, a, a spectrum of effort and a spectrum of, um, you know, you, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And not everyone's going to go down the route of learning airport codes or or, or programming other tools, but just like knowing the options there, you know, allows you to go down that rabbit hole if you choose to go down that rabbit hole. Um, And if not, then you've got people like Matt and and his service that can really help you out. 
Yeah, I mean, from I, I'm also a huge fan of Expert Flyer. I use it all the time, um, not only for award seat alerts. It has a lot of other functionality as well. Um, it is a bit tedious, though, as uh, as Chris and Brandon have said. Like the, you know, you do have to go through um, by route and by airline, so you can only search one airline at a time. Um, that said, it does have availability for a lot of airlines that you just can't find anywhere else. Um, sometimes, so yeah, sometimes it can be very tedious. So just to give you an example with Hawaiian Airlines availability, Hawaiian Airlines is a Velocity partner. You can use, use Velocity points to travel to Hawaii on, on Hawaiian. Um, but to search availability, it doesn't come up on the Velocity website. It doesn't really come up anywhere else. You actually have to go on and do a flight availability search, searching for D for Delta class if you're looking for business seats, which is uh, something I was doing today. But um, if you know what to do, like it, there's, it's very, very powerful. Um, if you if you're not so technical, or you want just you just want to get somewhere on a particular date, you just want to get a good overview though of what options there are. Another website I use is called Point.me. Um, that's a I think it's a US website, but that searches real time availability on all sorts on on many different airlines um, across a route and and date in one go. Um, so it's another tool I find quite useful sometimes. Yeah, uh, it's a good question. This is a good question for you, Matt. So like at, at the moment, we we know that there's a lot of you know, difficulty when it comes to availability. But are there any sort of standout routes or locations that, that you're finding as easier to find seats on than others? Yeah, so of course it depends which frequent flyer points you're using. But just for example, using Qantas points, there's quite a bit of um, availability at the moment to some of the Pacific Island destinations like um, Apia or Tonga or Numia. There's a reasonable amount of business class availability. And I'm also finding quite a bit of availability in business and premium economy to Taipei on China Airlines, which a lot of people don't realize you can use Qantas points to book out of Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. Um, and using other programs, Singapore Airlines has quite a bit of availability at the moment, which you can book using Velocity Points. So, of course, using Singapore Airlines Chris Fly Miles. Um, Singapore Airlines flies to, I think, seven cities in Australia. Um, so, you know, not just Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne. You've got Adelaide, Perth, Darwin, Cairns. Um, and then, like, for example, I was having a look the other day. I couldn't find any availability out of um, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, or Perth, but there was two business class seats out of Cairns, which you could um, you could find a you could find an award ticket up to Cairns on Virgin Australia or Qantas, and then book that over to Singapore, um, and then beyond to wherever you want to go, uh, beyond Singapore, maybe Asia, or be it in Asia or Europe, Dubai, Istanbul, wherever it is. Um, and I mean, even f for a lot of people at the moment are looking for seats to Europe in July next year, you know, the peak summer period, I've seen up to six business class seats on Singapore Airlines um, from Melbourne to Frankfurt or Melbourne to Paris, for example. Um, so yeah, there are, there are seats out there. And Brandon, have you come across any, any routes that are, are you know, looking easier than others? Well, I have to agree with Matt. I was also looking at Singapore Airlines Chris Flyer and, and just to reiterate the availability on popular routes such as from Sydney to Singapore and even Singapore to London, it's just astounding compared to many other programs. It's like I'm looking at March 2023 and every day has you know availability for at least two people. Um, uh, so I would definitely consider you know with your using Velocity Points or Chris Flyer Miles if you do want to get to Europe because it's probably the easiest tool to, the e easiest points to use right now. Chris, anything from you on that one? Yeah, I mean, there's some great points there, but I mean, another is New Zealand. I, I, these close destinations, it, it can be a bit easier to get business class because they're not overnight flights. So the demand from people paying for comfort maybe isn't as high. So New Zealand, it's also not that difficult to get a seat, but I think it, it's implied in what we've suggested that what we're talking about is premium availability, generally business class. So if you're happy to fly economy, it's a lot easier to go anywhere. For instance, 
using velocity points, it's quite easy to get to LA or San Francisco on United. There can be availability on most flights most weeks, but yeah, snaring those business class rewards is is the hard part. Yeah, I've got something to add, actually. If you're looking for premium seats to the US, um, Fiji Airways sometimes has seats from Nandy to Los Angeles. And another sort of left field option is uh, a lot of people don't realize, but you can use Qantas points to fly Air Tahiti Nui from Auckland to Papeete over in French Polynesia. And United has quite a bit of availability if you're booking sort of two or three months out um, from Tahiti to San Francisco in business class on their Dreamliner. So if you don't mind a stopover in Tahiti, and I don't think I've ever met someone who did mind a stopover in Tahiti, <laughs> um, that's something you could consider. Mm. Like So when we're looking at um, you know booking seats in general, do you guys have any general tips to to our listeners? Um, I mean, Brandon, is is there anything that that you go, oh yeah, this is what I tell people at a barbecue when I'm when I'm looking <laughs> to to book seats? Yes, yeah, so if I'm if I'm looking to you know bore my neighbors at the barbecue, I'll tell them to keep an eye out for new route launches, and you know when the airline increases the number of flights they go on the route, often a lot of availability will suddenly crop up. And the most recent example I can think of is when Qatar Airways added their Canberra, Melbourne, Doha route. So that effectively made Melbourne to Doha double daily. And those um, that seats on the second flight uh, were much easier to find uh, from you know, at the end of 2022 onwards. So definitely keep an eye out for airline news uh, because if something new launches, chances are you'll be able to get a reward seat on it before uh, other people start snapping it up. Yeah, that's a really good one. And act fast if you do find out the news because other people will snap it up for you. Mm, it's a ruthless world out there. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when you're trying to get that business class. Uh, <laughs> Matt? Yeah, I would say that flex being flexible is really the key. So if you can't find a seat, you know, on Sydney to London on Qantas, for example, consider having a stopover somewhere along the way. You might not be able to get the Sydney London direct flight, but perhaps you can get a seat to Bengaluru in India and then onwards, you know, a day later or maybe a few days later on British Airways to London um, and you could stop over there or there's there's lots of other things you, you like opportunities that open up if you don't mind stopping over or if you're flexible with dates or maybe can you know if you can travel one leg in premium economy and then the rest of the way in business um you know that kind of thing and also just being having having the flexibility to uh to, to having more airlines available to you so for example if you have a credit card where you can transfer the points to multiple different frequent flyer programs um, rather than just having quarters points or just having velocity points or whatever currency you might be using the more options you know the better because obviously there's more airlines that are available to you yeah that's a that's a really big one and one that we talk about a lot um chris yeah, I mean, the thing I would add is just don't give up because if you, you think about what you might have done pre-COVID, I know it's what I did, where you would know the exact time the airlines are putting their flights in the schedule. They'd normally come in with reward seats. And so if I wanted something that now sounds really hard, like business class from Brisbane to Paris or something, I would know that at 10 a.m. on a weekday morning or something, I could log in and there would be a, a flight there. If I needed a connection the next day, I'd just book it one day later. But now... You, you search a year in advance, you often can't find anything at all, especially to Europe, and especially right now being European summer over there. But I'm seeing a lot more flight seats come in available for booking with points, generally within about a month to three months of, of departure. Whereas in the past, if you didn't book maybe 10 months in advance, you probably had no chance. So I would just say, don't, don't give up. Don't feel that you won't find anything. If you can find something that at least fits your plans, maybe just book it so that you have a seat. But 
don't feel that you can't keep trying and, and aiming for something better because quite often things will will come up and they'll surprise you, especially if you have those expert flyer alerts set. They're so helpful. Mm. I think it's 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 also good to keep an eye, as we said before, keeping an eye on the news because as especially as we're coming out of COVID and capacity with you know airlines uh, is is you know getting better and you know we are getting programs starting to put they will start to put more seats on for that are available for booking with your points as time goes on you know you, you can see events like what Qantas did recently where they just put a whole heap of availability on in one day now i was very lucky i managed to snag some christmas time california flights uh, from from melbourne business class for that but that that is that is not a common event but i wouldn't be surprised no. if we saw events maybe not to that scale but as time goes on and as you know we get out of covid more and more there are just going to be some there are going to be some bulk events it's a combination of a few of these tips of you know, suddenly there's new routes opening up that weren't opened up before and you have um, a whole bunch of availability there. So it, it does pay. If you're looking to be flexible and, you know, you, you want to be opportunistic, it does pay to pay attention. So there's another uh, tip if you're trying to use your points, especially if you have them in American Express membership rewards, and that is that you can transfer from Amex straight to Marriott Bonvoy, which a lot of listeners might recognize is actually a hotel loyalty program, not a frequent flyer program. But if you remember, it absorbed Starwood a few years back and Starwood Preferred Guest had some amazing transfer opportunities with airlines and Marriott has kept those within the program. It's still, there are some different rates and bonuses and things, but long story short, uh, there is a transfer bonus at the moment from Amex to Marriott that um, if you're trying to get your points into a program you can't normally get into, for instance, United Mileage Plus from Australian credit card points, maybe American Airlines Advantage or Delta Sky Miles. You can ship them via Marriott into those programs and you end up with almost as many points as you would get transferring straight to one of Amex's Australian airline partner programs. So that that particular promotion runs until the end of September. So you've got a bit of time to crunch some numbers and work out whether it makes sense, what you might be able to book, and of course, to check availability of what you would like to book before you transfer. But to give you a, a little bit of an example, if you're using Chrisfly Miles, for instance, to get from let's say Sydney to Seoul on Asiana, you need over 100,000 miles to book that one-way flight. If you transfer them instead from Amex to Marriott, Marriott to United, you can get that same flight for, off the top of my head, I think it's around 65,000 United miles or so. And if all of your points are coming from Amex, if that's where you mainly spend, you're using far fewer credit card points than you otherwise would have to book that same flight. So that this is really an advanced trick. This is not for beginners. This is not for people who don't really understand how all the transfer rates work because it's very easy to do the wrong thing and to maybe spend your miles in a, in a way that wasn't as good as you might have otherwise done. But if you really want to kick things into the next gear, that's um, spend some time looking at that. We had an article published on Point Hacks recently. So have a mm. read of that and just see what's possible because that is an amazing opportunity for the next month or so if you can put it to good use. Well, I will call out for our uh, for our day one listeners. Uh, you've got about you've probably got about two weeks left. 
Uh, so we're, we're recording mm. this a little bit ahead of time. So there's there's a couple of weeks left on that. But uh, but Matt, you look like you want, you want to say something. Yeah, for me, the real value in that trick is that it gives you access to availability on SkyTeam Airlines. So Qantas um, is obviously in the One World Alliance, so they you can use Qantas points to book on One World Airlines. With Velocity, you can transfer your points to Chris Flyer, or you can transfer credit card points over to Chris Flyer. So there's opportunities with that Singapore Airlines. Singapore Airlines is part of Star Alliance, so then you've got op- opportunities. Um, from points event in Australia to redeem on Star Alliance Airlines. But there's no real easy way to earn miles or points with a SkyTeam airline in Australia. And there are quite a few SkyTeam airlines that do fly to Australia, Garuda, Vietnam Airlines, Korean Air, China Airlines, um, Delta, etc. And uh, there's tons of award availability in, in business class on SkyTeam flights in and out of Australia just because there are so few people in Australia who actually have the points or miles to be able to book those seats. Um, to give you an example, I've seen plenty of um, business class availability on Vietnam Airlines from Sydney and Melbourne over to Europe to, Lon- to London, Frankfurt or Paris via Ho Chi Minh City or via Hanoi. So with the current promotion, so it's 90,000 Delta Sky Miles, that works out to be 225,000 Marriott points. Um, so once you transfer the points into Delta and you get a few a few of the bonuses because you get a 25% bonus for every 60,000 Marriott points you transfer in, it works out that um, if, if you run through the calculations, you need 225,000 Marriott Bonvoy points. And that at the moment with the bonus um, until the end of September on transfers from Amex to Marriott, it's a, basically a one-to-one rate on transfers from Amex. So it's 225,000 American Express membership rewards points to get a business class seat life flat on Vietnam Airlines to Europe, which is actually less points that need, you would need if you transferred those points over to Chris Flyer to book on Singapore Airlines. It's a really interesting hack. Well, I mean, I'll, you know, for, for our listeners, if this is up your alley, make use of it. Well, you can because this this promotion won't stay around forever. But it's a good idea to keep. It, it's a it's it actually leads into our next topic really well. But it you know with with this particular, one, it's good to keep an eye on these promotions because the maths can change a bit when you're getting transfer bonuses involved. Um, but this this leads into the next topic I want to talk about, which is you know outside of American Express because that's a, that's an easy answer. Um, what do you guys think is the most valuable currency to have at the moment? What would you be collecting? Brandon, I see you're nodding your head. Do you want to, <laughs> do you want to take us away on that one? Oh, sure, Dave. Um, so right now I'm focusing my efforts actually on velocity points, um, which might be a bit of a surprise answer, but um, velocity points is working out really well for me right now because it's a, it's very rare that you can convert frequent flyer points from one airline to another, um, but yet you can convert velocity to Chris Flyer. And so through that, you know, I can unlock really great redemptions. So, you know, for example, Perth to anywhere in Southeast, a- in Southeast Asia is 40,500 Chris Flyer miles. So that means I can fly from Perth to Singapore and then Singapore to, you know, Bangkok or Taipei or Hong Kong and not pay any more miles. And that's such a great redemption that you can access through Chris Flyer. Um, and I also use Velocity Points a lot, you know, flying on Virgin Australia. Uh, for example, um, a lot of our work travel might be on FlexFares, so I can upgrade the business starting from, you know, 4,900 points, which is really peanuts, really. <laughs> um, and you know, even if you just use Velocity Points on Singapore Airlines itself, uh, I, I recently booked a redemption from Amsterdam to Perth, uh, and I used, you know, 121,000 Velocity Points and paid $90 in tax on Singapore Airlines business class. So... There's definitely a lot of uses. Um, of course, compared to Qantas points, um, there's not as many partners, but the partners that they do have are quite high quality and a lot of them are you know, great airlines that charge low taxes. And I'm also excited to see Qatar Airways come on board with Velocity Points as well and see where that leads us. Um, Matt, what's your take? 
Yeah. Um, as someone who lives in Australia, my pick would definitely be Singapore Airlines Chris Flyer. Um, for a lot of the reasons that Brandon just mentioned, they don't have fuel surcharges on Singapore Airlines flights, very good award availability. You can redeem it also across the whole of, of the Star Alliance network. They also have a very good value Star Alliance Round the World Award, which is 280,000 Chris Fly miles in business class. Um, and e even if you're collecting velocity points in Australia, you can still benefit, of course, by being able to transfer points between the velocity and the Chris Flyer programs to access that, that availability. So um, def yeah, definitely the Chris Flyer program for me. Um, the one the one downside is that the miles do expire after three years. Um, so if you if you've got points in a credit card, obviously you can just transfer them in as you need them. But that is something to be mindful of. Um, they they have been pausing the expiration of miles during COVID, but that's going to end at the end of this year. So just be careful with that. And uh, Chris. So for me, I'm sort of of the mindset of why not try to collect everything. So I love my Chris Fly miles, and there are things that I can only do with Chris Fly miles that are great. I love my velocity points, particularly to book on Etihad, because I find there's a bit better availability because they're not part of a global alliance. So they have fewer frequent flyer partners all trying to grab at those seats. Uh, and even though there are carrier charges these days on Etihad, you probably pay about maybe $700, including all tax and everything to get to Europe one way in business. It's still a bit less than what some other airlines are levying in carrier charges. But believe it or not, I'm also focusing on Qantas points because with Points Club, when you spend points, if you can get yourself on a Qantas flight, you can then earn status credits. And so I'm doing a lot of uh, domestic travel. I'm doing a lot of international travel. And so I've been able to get seats to the US, up to Asia, to across to New Zealand and other places. And I'm earning status credits every time I get on that plane in business class, even though I booked using points. So I was able to retain my gold only about six weeks into my full year membership off the back of all these points redemptions. So I'm now debating whether or not I go for platinum or platinum one, because it's just, it's so easy to earn status when you're always flying on points. So for me, that's the biggest pull for Qantas frequent flyer. But yeah, the availability on a lot of the partners and outside of points planes and promotions and things can be a bit difficult. That's that's when it's it can be harder to find a seat and that's when Velocity and, and Chris Flyer come in handy. So I think they all have their advantages. And if you are able to use all three, then use all three, really. You're, a bit, you're kind of like one of those kids that just wants to, you know, mum says, oh, yeah. You can choose one. You're like, oh, no, but I want all three. <laughs> I think I've probably got about 20 different frequent flyer accounts with different airlines <laughs> with very varying levels of miles in them. But uh, as Chris says, like the flexibility is excellent. Like um, if I had to pick one, it would be Chris Flyer, but I use yeah, many of them for different reasons and they have, they all have their different pros and cons. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Likewise, yeah. I'm quite, I'm quite, you know, um, a fan of Qantas points as well, uh, just with the more uh, decreased availability makes it a bit trickier, but uh, it's good to have both on hand. Actually, on, the, on that note of a decreased availability at the moment, how do you guys sort of see the situation changing over the next year or two? I've been chatting with some of the airlines about it lately, and the way they've explained it is the issue is the availability of aircraft. So I was talking to someone at Singapore Airlines the other week, and I said, so we looked at your awards calendar, and we could not find a single Saver Suites ticket out of Australia any time for the next year. What's the deal? When do you think you might you know, do something about that? And it's basically for awards like that, you need the A380. Um, the A380 has the most seats and with, with COVID and with travel demands being down, it's not flying on as many routes. And when it is, it's not flying as often. So for that particular example, Singapore Airlines had three A380s a day into Australia just before COVID, two into Sydney, one into Melbourne. And they also had about twice as many first class seats on the plane. They've just refurbished them. So they're now down to just one flight with half as many suites. And so there just aren't as many seats flying to be able to redeem your points on. And there's just so much demand from 
paying passengers who are quite happy to pay a premium to not have to sit in economy, especially if they've spent the last couple of years saving and not being able to travel. This is now their chance to get out and spend. So it's really going to take some time for airlines to get more flights happening, for flights to happen on bigger planes that have more seats and more premium seats for that matter. You really have to be patient, I think. It's not something that's going to be fixed overnight. There are other airlines where out of Australia, they almost always go out full in business class and they just don't need to release availability most of the time. Hawaiian Airlines is one of those that does Sydney, Honolulu. It's very difficult to get a business class seat with velocity points because they just don't need to make the seat available to um, to fill the plane. So as, as time goes on, it'll get better. But yeah, right now, if you do see availability and you are able to travel, that's when you need to jump in and book it before somebody else does the same thing and you know someone will. Yeah, there's definitely a dearth of seats at the moment, but it is, uh, like like Chris says, it's it's only temporary. Like I do think that as the situation improves, we'll get back to some sort of um, situation like we had pre-COVID where it was reasonably um, not easy. I wouldn't say easy to find award availability on, you know, premium routes, premium cabins, but it was definitely possible. Like it was, it was doable with, with a little bit of, with a little knowledge and, and, and knowing where to look. Um, I did do a round the world trip this year in business class. And even though I have enough points to book that, I actually paid for a ticket for that particular trip just cause the, the, the availability wasn't there. And, um, I, I, w- I was well also assumed that probably a few of the flights were going to be canceled or changed and dealing with a, a paid booking. It was just easier for me to do that this year but certainly uh next year when i do a similar trip i'll be using points well i'm cautiously optimistic um it's definitely down to what chris and matt mentioned in terms of availability and also travel demand has just completely you know gone through the roof since our COVID restrictions dropped in australia so once everyone's had their taste you know of a trip of a holiday you know catch up with long uh, long lost relatives um, and with increased aircraft you know, frequency and capacity, uh, we should see reward seat availability improve, I'd say, through 2023, 2024 onwards. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure having all three of you on here. Um, I, I, I know this was our, our first panel uh, podcast with points of view, but I get the feeling we've got, we'll have a few more uh, up our sleeves as time goes on. So, um, Chris, Brandon, Matt, thank, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for thank the opportunity. Well, um, look forward to having you know individual members of you on the podcast again, and, and hopefully we can uh, get you all uh, back as a panel again soon. That's it for today's episode of Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. Remember to visit pointhacks.com.au for more frequent flyer deals, guides, and tips. I'm David Walsh, and don't forget to subscribe.